When I was young, if someone would have told me that America, my country, would one day sink to the place where we find ourselves today, I would not have believed it. As I have watched the events as you have unfolding over the last month with all the protests going on, on with college students carrying signs calling for another holocaust, with states voting for the murder of unborn babies without any restrictions up to the time of birth, with teens stealing and wrecking cars, with scam artists attacking vulnerable seniors, with rockets flying into our military bases and wounding our servicemen and women, with the head of the Chinese Communist Party snubbing his nose at our president, with churches being targeted by terrorists, it is as if we are being pulled into a black hole of evil, and my friends, we are. We, and we dug the hole for ourselves when we threw respect for life away. Hamas brutally slaughtered babies, mutilated little children, raped and killed girls, killed parents in front of their children, and today hundreds of thousands of people are protesting for Hamas and the destruction of Israel. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a day when there was no respect for law or life. Our leaders, who should be examples for us, don't respect the law and they seem to get away with criminal activity. Our police officers are targets. Our military leaders are more concerned with transgender training than preparing us to fight a modern war like no other has ever been. Schools and universities are confusing young minds and rewriting history, teaching a new social religion of hatred and division, dividing children from their parents and throwing out the respect for God upon which our nation was founded. It's unthinkable. I cannot believe this has happened to my country, but it has, and it's what happens to any people when they lose respect for God. And folks, that's what it boils down to. We are in a day when there is no respect for God among the majority of people of this world. And when you lose respect for God... You lose respect for yourself and everything else. And that's what I see happening in our world. And the only bright spot I can see in all of this demonically driven activity today is that all this anti-Semitism is bringing us closer than ever to the return of our Lord Jesus. God gave the prophet Zechariah a vision of that day, and here's what he said. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. And thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. Hallelujah. This world is worked up into a frenzy of hatred toward Israel. It reminds me of the mob that cried out for the crucifixion of our Savior. In that horrible day of injustice, it was the Jewish political leaders who stirred up the mob against Jesus. 
the priests, the Pharisees, the scribes, they had de degenerated into a power-hungry group of politicians, and they hated Jesus. While they were plotting against Jesus, he had an encounter with a man. A man who was not a Jew, but a Gentile. An active-duty Roman soldier who showed a remarkable respect for the Son of God. And that respect brought a miracle of healing to his house. That kind of respect, the kind that this man showed, is what I see as missing in America. And I believe his kind of faith is what is desperately needed for God to continue to bless our great nation. I pray God shed your grace on us again. Don't you? If you have your Bibles, look with me. I'm going to be in Matthew 8 today. And I just want you to turn there and I want to pray and then we will get into the Bible story, Bible story together. Let's just pray. Matthew chapter 8. Now, Father in heaven, today we look at another person of interest, a person that Jesus encountered. The people we see in the Bible, people Jesus encountered are just like us. We could put, each of us could put ourselves in one of these stories, maybe all of them. And God, I pray that today we will learn something from the faith of a man who came to you for help. Lord, he came on behalf of someone else that he cared about. And Father, it would be my desire today to rally the people in this church, the Calvary family, rally Americans all over to come to Jesus and seek healing for our nation from the White House down to the county house to the city house to our own houses to houses of worship I pray all over America houses would be seeking you Lord for help because we need help I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Now, the story we look at today is the story of a centurion, a Roman centurion, and it took place fairly early in the earthly ministry of Jesus, coming before the death of John the Baptist and after the Sermon on the Mount. After that greatest of sermons, Jesus came down from the mountain where he gave the Beatitudes and such as that, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall, they shall see God and Jesus came down from the mountain and he healed multitudes of people. Through his miracles, Jesus not only displayed his divine power, but he established his divine authority. Several times already, Jesus had challenged the authority of the Pharisees by healing on the Sabbath day. Well, that was unthinkable to them. They attacked him. Luke 6, 9, 11 says, Jesus said, Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you Pharisees and scribes, one thing, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or destroy it? But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. As I said earlier, these religious leaders had become more political than anything else. They were supposed to help people understand the law of God and follow God's commandments. But Jesus said they were hypocrites who could, in, who could quote the Old Testament law from memory, but they didn't keep it themselves. And that's why Jesus was so popular with the people of that day, because 
he did not act like he was better than everyone else. But he spoke the truth and reached out in love and compassion to help others know God and follow God. He taught people that the most important thing they could ever do was love God and have faith in God. Friends, that's the greatest thing, the most important thing you could ever do. Love God and have faith in God. Let me just say that the Lord has been so good to me. I've seen His great faithfulness. I've experienced miracles in my own life and family. So from my own experiences with Him, I have learned to love Jesus and trust Jesus. That's my testimony. So wouldn't it make sense that people who had witnessed hundreds, thousands of miracles at the hands of Jesus, remember? All those things He did, we read about. We've read about some of them feeding the 10,000 people with a few loaves of uh, bread and fish. Uh, Healing blind, healing leprosy. Uh, healing deafness, healing, releasing the demon, uh, the demon possessed. All the walk, walking on the water, calming the winds, and all those miracles. Wouldn't it make sense that the people of that day would love him and trust him? Would make sense to me, but that's not what happened. So many Jews healed and helped, and yet they still didn't believe, folks. I love, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The Bible tells us to bless Israel because those who bless Abraham's and Isaac and Jacob's descendants will be blessed. That's what the Bible says. Uh, We are to love the nation of Israel. We are to support the nation of Israel. But they're still blind. They're misguided. They're blind. They don't believe that Jesus is their Messiah. Now I say they don't. Many of them are turning to faith in Jesus. Many are. And there's coming a day when Jesus returns that they're all going to look up in the sky and see the one they pierced and wound and, and, and weep for Him because they know they have rejected their Messiah. There's coming a day when all of Israel will be saved. That's the word of the Lord. In Jesus' day, they were under that blindness. And Jesus did all these miracles. He proved His power and authority. But what did they do? They rejected Him. Crucified Him. But a a Gentile came to Jesus who had respect for the authority of Jesus and displayed real faith in Jesus. And that's who we look at today. Chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. Let's look at it together. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to Him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I, what did he say? What did Jesus say? I will come and heal him. I will come and heal him. That's simple. Jesus could heal him very easily. This man, a centurion, came to Jesus pleading with him for the life and healing of his servant. What brought this man to Jesus? He had faith. This is the first thing that I see about his faith. The centurion's faith is seen in his call for Jesus' assistance. A Roman centurion commanded about 100 men. You know, century, 100. A centurion commanded about 100 men. 
There were 60 centurions in a Roman legion of about 6,000 men. Centurions had to be at least 30 years of age, literate, able to read written orders, <laughs> have letters of recommendation, and at least several years of military service. As a commander, a centurion had to be able to maintain his troops' morale and peace and inspire men in battle. Centurions could be elected, appointed by the Senate, or promoted from the ranks. Julius Caesar promoted his centurions for special displays of valor. In today's army, the rank of a centurion would be something like a sergeant major or a lieutenant, maybe as high as a major. This powerful man on active duty with the Roman army came to Jesus, a Jew, because he recognized Jesus' authority. He knew authority when he saw it. His problem was that he had a servant at home who was ill, very sick, paralyzed, suffering, probably dying. Centurions, you see, were not allowed to marry as long as they were on active duty. So this servant was like his family, very dear to him. And the centurion didn't want to lose him. He loved him. For this man, a Gentile, a Roman officer at that, to seek help from a Jew was an act of desperation. And it, was an, and it took a lot of humility. But it also required a lot of faith. And as I said, this man of authority, he had seen Jesus, obviously. He had perhaps seen those miracles. And he recognized authority when he saw it. And he believed Jesus had authority over the terrible condition of his servant. He believed Jesus had authority over death itself. And that's real faith, folks. That, listen, that's faith that can move any mountain before us. You ever had a mountain in your way? I have. What did Jesus say in Matthew 17, 20? Let's read it together. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. The reason faith moves mountains is because true faith brings Jesus to that mountain that is before us. You see, I can't move mountains alone. I get in bigger messes. But Jesus... Faith brings Jesus to that mountain. And Jesus can make that mountain move for you. I've already told you what will happen on the day when Jesus returns. When Jesus, Jerusalem is surrounded and is about to be destroyed, the Lord Jesus will return as a warrior in, going to battle. He's not coming as the meek and lowly shepherd anymore. He's coming as a warrior, as the king of kings and the, the commander of his forces. And he is coming to destroy He's going to destroy all evil. When his feet touch the Mount of Olives, his feet are going to touch the whole mountain. The mountain is going to split in half, forming a, a big valley. At the presence of Jesus, that mountain will move. In the same way, when we call upon Jesus in faith, with faith in his authority, Whatever mountain-sized obstacle that stands before us, it will move at the presence of Jesus. When we see that mountain, we need to run to Jesus. There's nothing He cannot do. The centurion ran to Jesus. 
That's why it's so foolish to turn your back on Jesus Christ. Listen, it's the dumbest thing anyone could do. A failure to respect Jesus will have eternal and disastrous consequences. He alone has the power of life and death in this world and the world to come. When we have no respect for Jesus, we, we have no respect for life that is created in His image. And that's what's happening in the world around us today as we speak. Let me, let me tell you something. When a group of butchers went into Israel and cut apart little babies, they got the attention of Almighty God. And when these little, listen, furthermore, when these little helpless unborn children are killed before they see the light of day, that gets the attention of Almighty God. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Whether it's innocent Jewish blood, Palestinian blood, or unborn baby blood, God hates the shedding of innocent blood. God hates it because it shows disrespect for life which God created in His image. When innocent lives are destroyed, there is going to be judgment for that crime of disrespect of life. Listen to, listen to what God said through Isaiah, through Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts... Our thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known. And there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Friends, do, have you seen people like this? Have you? I see them everywhere today. And it's alarming. It's so troubling a picture of no respect for God or life. Folks, I teach school. <laughs> I've been teaching school for many years, for, almost, for over 30, almost 40, I guess 40 years now. Okay? And I have watched young people lose respect for their parents, for a policeman, for authority, for their country, and for God. I've seen it, even our Christian school, I had to talk to a young man because he did not want to pledge allegiance to the Christian flag. Oh, I'll pledge allegiance to the flag if I have to, but not, I don't want to pledge to the Christian flag or the Bible and you can't make me do it. I said, uh, yes, I can. You're in a Christian school. And you have to have respect here. If you're going to be here, you can go somewhere else. You see, folks, this is the kind of thing that our society has raised today. Generations of disrespectful people. Now, isn't that true? Life, folks, is precious to God. And God takes a dim view of people who harm little children. Through abuse or human trafficking or abortion or even teach them, teaching them to forget God. People like that are going to pay for it. Jesus said, whoever harms one of these little ones, it would be better for him 
that a huge stone were tied to his neck and he be thrown into the sea, then what will happen when he or she stands before a holy God? God said in Psalm 37, The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall do what? Look, The wicked shall what? Perish. And the enemies... Of the Lord, like the splendors of the meadows, shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish, vanish away. Life is precious to God, as Jesus showed us in our text. And when this Roman centurion came to Jesus, Jesus didn't care what color his skin was. Jesus didn't care what nationality he was. He didn't care what political party he belonged to. He didn't even condemn him for being a soldier in the enemy's army. When this man came to Jesus by faith, nothing else mattered. Jesus said, I, the man said, help me, Jesus. And Jesus said, I will come and help you. I will heal him. And so we see, secondly, that the centurion's faith is seen in his confession of Jesus' authority. First of all, this Roman centurion addressed Jesus as Lord. Let's look at it again. He comes pleading with Jesus saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadful torment. Now, that's unusual for a military commander, especially a Roman commander, to call someone Lord. You see, besides their emperor, the Romans had a number of gods which they worshipped, you know, such as Jupiter, their chief god, and Apollo, the sun god, and Diana, the goddess of fertility, Poseidon, the god of the sea, Mars, the god of war, Venus, the goddess of beauty. They, so they built temples to these gods. You might have studied this in mythology, but they built the temples to them and worshipped them. And here is a man, a Roman soldier, who comes to Jesus and calls him Lord. And in doing so, he broke ranks with the Roman religious system. He put his faith in the Jewish Messiah. He not only called upon Jesus for assistance as Lord, he confessed faith in the authority of Jesus' word. Now watch this, verse 8. So Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Wow, that's powerful. This centurion believed that Jesus had authority over his servant's condition. That Jesus' word was enough to save his servant. He could speak long distance and his word would heal his servant. Folks, this centurion was a very powerful man, but he humbled himself under the presence of the king of kings. He said to Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to even come under my roof. That's the kind of humility and respect we need today, folks. If we had it, listen, if we had respect for Jesus Christ today, there wouldn't be the bloodshed that's happening in the world today. Did you know that? That's the problem. If we had true faith in Jesus, we would not have threats of terrorism in our world. We would not have the division that is in our nation. If we had true faith, we would love and respect God and everyone else. You see, humility and respect always follow true faith in Jesus Christ. 
The centurion understood the importance of respect. Our veterans understand the importance of respect. What would happen if soldiers did not respect their commanders? What would happen? They would not follow. What if, if they didn't follow orders? They would jeopardize the lives of their fellow servicemen or women and their mission. The centurion said to Jesus, in essence, Lord, you give the orders and I'll carry them out. Because look what he said in verse 9. He said, for I also am a man under authority. You see what he said? I'm under authority. I know authority above me and below me. For I am also a man under authority, having, so, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes. And to another, come and he comes. And to my servant, you do this and he does it. This man understood authority because he was under authority and he had authority over others. Remember this centurion commanded a hundred Roman soldiers and he said something like this to Jesus. Let me paraphrase it. Lord, I accept you as my commander, that you are over me and I'm just asking for your orders. Just speak the word, I'll do whatever you say and so will my house. I, I obey your word. That's what he's saying. I have faith in your word. Again, what a statement of faith from such an unlikely person. It's amazing. But it's in the Bible because it is this kind of faith that we need. Wouldn't you say so? We need it today, folks. We need this kind of faith to be saved. And we need this kind of faith to live our Christian life. Especially as the world gets darker. And that's our faith principle today. Let's read it together. Ready? True faith is not just a one-time confession of Jesus. It is a lifelong acceptance of and commitment to His authority. Amen. That's what it means to be a Christian. When we come to Jesus by faith, we first come to the cross. None of us were there when Jesus suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. None of us were there when Jesus fought a terrible battle for our life and eternity. The price for our victory over sin and death was so great that Jesus had to give up everything. His own blood. His own life for us. What seemed like a defeat to Him was actually a victory for us who would believe in what He did. I, I look at all this protest today. Hundreds of thousands of people marching and yelling and waving flags but I wonder how many of them would march and yell and wave a flag for Jesus. I, I wonder how many of these energized people have even given one thought that the only way to get beyond this life into heaven is through faith in this Jewish Savior who died on the cross to save you and me. I believe the world today is not only ignoring Jesus, but through their own actions, the majority of people in the world are crying out again, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Whenever you show disrespect for Jesus, whenever you act like He does not matter, then you're crucifying Jesus in your heart. And that is a very dangerous and foolish thing to do. Every single one of us, every person ever born, is born sick and diseased with sin like that servant at home, sick, diseased. We're not born with a desire for Jesus. We have to overcome the evil nature that is within our hearts like the centurion. We have to come to Jesus for help. And then when we hear his word, 
We believe what his word tells us, that he died for our sins and he rose from the dead. And if we confess him as Lord, we can be forgiven and receive eternal life. We must believe that. We all need healing, spiritual healing. And it's only found in the word of Jesus. The centurion believed Jesus' word. Whose word do you believe? Whose word will you follow? The world is following word, the words of men. We're surrounded by lies. Who can you believe? Most people in the world today want to follow. They don't want to lead. They want to believe something. So what do they do? They hear all kinds of voices and follow wrong voices. They follow the wrong voices and then they get into trouble and cause trouble. But there is only one voice, only one word that can bring healing for eternity. And that is the word of God. Listen to God's word as it speaks truth. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men which, by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son, Jesus. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is already condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus. If you want eternal death and hell and judgment and the fiery torment that is awaiting Satan and his demons, then do nothing. Keep living your life any way you please. Follow any voice you wish. Stand up for any cause that suits you. Live like there's no tomorrow. Live a life without respect for God or anyone else. But if you want eternity and eternity in a kingdom where the Lord Jesus has prepared an eternity in the presence of His angels, in the glory of God, with nothing but peace, life, and joy, if you want that, then you cannot do what you want to do. You cannot follow the desires of Satan and this evil world. You cannot choose your own cause. You cannot follow your voice or any other voice. You have to follow the voice and the orders of Jesus. You cannot have it both ways. Either Jesus is your commander or He is not. Either Jesus is your Lord and Master or He is not. We are either hearing and following His Word or we are not. Jesus' words are not just for heaven. Jesus' words are for now, for life now, for peace now. They give us hope now. Jesus said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on a rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. If Jesus is in charge, then we will not just hear his word, we will believe his word, we will do his word. And if we're living his word, then we can expect Jesus to do what he said he would do. He will take care of us through the storms of life. He will protect us from the judgment that is to come. He will hear us. He will answer our prayers. Now, we cannot be a follower of the world and a servant of Jesus Christ. We're either all in for Jesus or we're all out. The centurion was all in. 
And his testimony stands as an example for all who want to find life and God's blessing and healing. uh, Verse 10, notice what happened. When Jesus heard it, when he heard the centurion say this, just speak the word and I know you'll be healed. I I believe in your authority. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and he said to those who followed, all these people around, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Israel's where it ought to have been found, right? But I've not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Many will come outside of Israel. And they will come then the Gentiles will be saved. Aren't you glad Gentiles can be saved? Amen? You're a Gentile. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom, that's talking about Israel, will be cast out into outer darkness. Those people that saw Jesus and experienced His miracles and then cried out, crucify Him? There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what they're experiencing right now. Then Jesus said to that Gentile centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you and his servant. Read that. Read with me. And his servant was healed that same hour. Jesus, did Jesus go to the centurion's house? No. But his power did. The power of... The authority of our Savior is everywhere. His power is is limitless. He proved His power through His life, death, and resurrection. Before He ascended into heaven, He told His disciples, All authority is mine in heaven and earth. Jesus has all authority. And the centurion respected His authority. He confessed His faith in that authority. He experienced it firsthand. He believed it. And He was healed. His house was healed. Do you believe it? I read a little, little story, it's pretty neat. It says, his one mistake. He brushed his teeth twice a day. The doctor examined him twice a year. He wore rubbers, rubber gloshers when it rained. He slept with the windows open. He stuck to a diet with plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables. He golfed, but never more than 18 holes at a time. He got at least eight hours of sleep every night. He never smoked, drank, or lost his temper. He exercised every day. He was all set to live to be 100. The funeral will be Wednesday. He was 63. He is survived by 18 specialists, four health institutions, six gymnasiums, and numerous manufacturers of health foods and drugs. He remembered everything in this life, but he forgot God. He lived as though this world was all there is. And now he's with those who say the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. It is a dangerous thing to forget the spiritual part of us. It's all we'll have left when we die. Something to think about. Veterans, today we honor you for your faithful service. You gave of yourself to protect the freedom which makes our nation so unique. We need you today. We need your spirit of faithfulness to God and country. We need you to model the respect that is missing in our day. America has problems, bad problems. 
because we have lost respect for God, we need to get back to that respect. There's nothing wrong with the principles upon which our nation was founded. There's nothing wrong with our flag. It's people that are to blame. People who are trying to make us forget what made us great in the first place. Respect for God and respect for one another. Folks, our nation is sick like that servant. And we need today some centurions, some people of faith who will take this nation to Jesus every day in prayer and pray for our healing, plead with God to turn our hearts back to Him. Today, the Lord Jesus is calling you to duty again, active duty. In fact, He's calling all of us to active duty to help our nation not forget Jesus, but remember His sacrifice for us. 2,000 years ago, Jesus bought a fought a battle for our freedom on the cross. He won that battle for us. He won the war for us. And He is coming again to bring His kingdom to this earth. And that's His promise. 2,000 years ago, Jesus met a person of interest, a centurion, a soldier who believed and respected His authority. We're not sure, but this could be the same centurion who was at the cross when Jesus died. And as He looked at the cross... With the bleeding body of Jesus dying for our sins. Notice what Mark said. So when the centurion who stood opposite Jesus at the cross saw that Jesus cried out and breathed his last breath, he said, truly this man was the Son of God. Was it the same centurion? I don't know. It could be another centurion who believed. But for sure, when this centurion came to Jesus... Believing for his servant with respect for Jesus' authority, Jesus said of this man, I have not found any greater faith. Today, what can Jesus say about your faith? Bow with me. What can Jesus say today about your faith? How much respect for God are you showing in your life? How much of God's Word... Now just think about it. How much of God's Word are you really following? Half of it? A third of it? Ten percent? How much of God's Word... How much of the Word of Jesus are you following? You know what you need, folks. I know what I need. We know what the world needs. We need Jesus. Who are you serving? What are you building your life upon? Are you building it upon the word of Jesus? Are you listening to the voices of, that are all around you? Are you standing or are you falling? Perhaps you need to return to Jesus. You need to plead with Him about something. Perhaps you need to call upon Him as your Lord and Savior, I can help you. Pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for giving everything for me. Thank you for being my Savior, the only Savior I could have. I ask you to forgive me for my sins and come into my heart and be my Savior.
I believe you rose from the dead to give me life. Dear Jesus, give me life, everlasting life. I accept you today as my only Savior. And I enlist in your active duty and I want to follow your orders. I want to live for you the rest of my life all the way to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray for my America, my country. Dear Jesus, please heal us. If you prayed that prayer, it's the greatest prayer you could pray. You accepted Jesus today. I'll be at the front while we sing if you want me to talk to you. Or you can give me a note, a card going out the door. I can get back in touch with you, but you need to follow Jesus. Maybe you want to be a part of our church family and you'd like to know about that. I'll be glad to talk with you. You can give me a little note. I can call you back and talk to you. Whatever, Whatever you need, I'm here to help. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you that we have an example of faith to follow, Lord, the faith of good men, just like this centurion. Father, help us all stand strong, be on our post, guard our America. Turn us back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You stand and sing with us.